Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So in a, in a grand tradition for the fantasy tools here, did we jinx Liam Hendricks? Yeah, absolutely. I had a terrible fantasy week. Just like Liam Hendricks is on the IL just after I started getting interested in him. I did pick up Gradman. So that, was, that was wise? That was, well, I mean, come on. It, why was he, why, you had dropped him yeah. in our home league? Yeah. Why? Because he wasn't, because early on in the season, he wasn't getting saves. They weren't. They weren't reliably going. They they didn't start reliably going to him until they had Hendricks back. <laughs> until Hendricks was like almost back, and then they're like, "Well, I don't. I don't understand because Graveman got got I think two saves in the first four weeks or something, and I already have three closers. And I was like, "Well, I don't really need to. No, I, mean, yeah. I don't really need to hold the, like this fourth guy who's not doing anything." And then they started ramping him up on a team that's bad. Yeah, exactly. And then they started ramping him up, and it was like, "Well." This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, why did they do this to me? But like I said last week, and it ends up being even even more true. Um, he is a really good backup quarterback. Yep. As a closer. Yeah. Graveman. He's perfect. No, no, you 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 were spot on. So, but we'll see if we'll see if Hendricks is able to. Is is he going to actually be able to? He's not coming back. I don't. I, I mean, it's an it's an elbow thing, right? It's not. I. I. It's a. You didn't have regular spring. We always talk about this. You didn't have your regular spring training, your ramp up into yep. this. And even nowadays, like, because it used to be that you played so much goddamn baseball. Yeah. And you just were numb to it. And you weren't, you weren't trying to hit 98 miles an hour unless you could hit 100 miles an hour. And then you knew how to keep your body going the whole the whole season. Nowadays it's like we're gonna limit how much you play. I mean this is part of the this is part of the player deals, yep. right? Is so that they're not just playing for playing sake. And they're only being they're more focused on being paid when they're actually playing. But that means that like if you miss your if you miss spring training, if you miss your ramp up Man, you're screwed because you have to go. You really have to go all out when you're playing. And we're just seeing it again. I mean, that's this is the, I'm I'm totally convinced that that's a Hendricks thing. The yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, it's it's a bad break, but Kendall Graveman seems to be the guy to get. So I regret dropping him, especially you know with my current team snafu yeah so anyway let's talk about our horrible fantasy weeks <laughs> so i had i had a bad week in our home league you you're doing fine um but tgfbi tgfbi had a really really bad week do you see this 110 down from 56 yeah that's three digits mike so i had my week overall was 398 
And you know what's interesting? I looked at us at some time on like I don't know Thursday or something like that. I was up, you were yep. up, and then it was just fell apart. Yeah, I think I mean some of this. Some of this is like regression. You know, this team was not the team that I picked was not optimizing on boomer bust number one overall or not right i think the team like we both picked teams that were like i, I really think targeting 100 ish <laughs> right because it wasn't like it wasn't like we were only going for upside guys we were going for guys that yeah. were undervalued that you would think would bring you somewhere to the high range and so for me that's like okay 100 is if you told me before the season that i'd be sitting at 100 right now i'd actually be pretty happy but the fact that I've been sitting in the 50s and below for so long makes this extremely depressing. Uh, apparently, average. <laughs> this is a stat they were supposed to. Yeah, apparently. What in. is it? Batting average? What are, yeah. what are you at right now? Jeez. I'm so curious. Why well, I had a 216 Oof. week. Oof. And my whip, which has typically been pretty good, um, 1.46. I was under. Under a four ERA though. I mine was my week was honestly just low counting stats. I mean I had I had um I had sat Adamus because I wasn't sure where exactly he was at, which turned out to be a mistake. Uh I did you you didn't start him on the weekend? Uh I did start him on the weekend. Okay. Um and then I I don't know, I mean I think, you know, just just regression time. I look down my team and it's like, I don't really have anybody to get rid of, but this is kind of it. The pitching side I thought would be okay. I mean, I'm leaning a little harder on like Taiwan Walker and Marcus Stroman than I want to be, but. There's another week where my bench, I have like so many guys that questionable about whether they should be starting or not. Yeah. Bench had a 1.89 ERA in 19 over 19. Good for bench. Good for bench. (laughs) Good for bench. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Too bad it wasn't uh, fantasy uh, football, aka soccer. Yeah. Like you get a bench boost or whatever. I know that that was so that one's so funny. Um, Yeah, we could we could use something like that. Anyway, I think um, you know you're at 254. I I I'm hopeful that we've stabilized here, but we'll see. All right, something that crossed my transom now. Wheel of Time season two actually has a confirmed date. This is not this is not the newest news, but I was trying to take stock of like what the heck is going on in the fantasy yeah, where, world. Where are like, we in fantasy? Like nothing has been happening. And so actually I ran down the list. So, you know, Rings of Power, House of Dragon, Andor, which are shows that we really enjoyed in the last year, not coming back till next year. Cool. The only thing we've got is we've got a new Star Wars vehicle, which should be fun, Ashoka, and then we've got Wheel of Time Season 2, actual confirmed date, September 1st. I don't think that these showrunners realize that that's stupid. Taking 18 months off is wrong. It's wrong. I'm sorry. What are we doing? What, what are we doing on the... On the release of shows that it takes 18 months between seasons. I, I think that they're just feeling... I imagine that they're feeling like the, they're worried that the market would be saturated if they ran faster on these. I mean, they only have so many... No way! No way! This is a... They can't get them 
figured out and produced because they wanted these out. Do you think that's what it is? Absolutely. I mean, okay, so let me. So, how I found out about this is that Rosamund Pike is currently doing press for a different show that she's in because she had enough time to record like two other shows between these two seasons. And then I was like, huh, Rosamund Pike is doing press. I wonder what's up with Wheel of Time. And then I finally Googled it and found that they'd announced that season two was coming out like two weeks ago um, for September 1st. But this is a show that's just going to fly under the radar again. I think. This is why. This is well, this is why. is because it felt like they they hit it sort of hard in advertising right before it came out. There was no... There wasn't like a like a one year of like hey the, like the same way they did with the Rings of Power where it was like everybody was anticipating a yep. wheel of time. It was sort of like like um sort of, it was like oh they're gonna do a wheel of time show oh it's coming like yep. two months from now what <laughs> all right we're gonna build on the conversation that we had from last week talking about opponent quality. And I'm trying to workshop something about strength of schedule, but specifically through a fantasy lens. So, okay, here we go. I had an annoying thing happen to me last week in a head-to-head matchup, and I know that you've had something like this happen, too. Even though I had three closers, I have three closers. I have Felix Bautista of Baltimore, Devin Williams of Milwaukee, and Scott Barlow of Kansas City, although Scott Barlow is probably about to lose his job. I only had ten possible save chances. This is not like the game broke the right way. This is like I could only theoretically even have 10. Why is this? Ah, yes, 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 because yes, Baltimore yes. played Milwaukee and then Baltimore played Kansas City. And this really annoyed me. So I started to wonder if we should try and forecast potential issues for guys like this. <laughs> I mean, because this is just a regular week in the fantasy season. What if this happened to me in the playoffs? Yeah, no, that's what I, that has happened to me in the playoffs. Whereas, like, and it's a, it's different than like a pitcher win. Yeah, because like a pitcher win, you sort of like if two pitchers are facing each other, you're like, okay, well, actually, I kind of like that because then you have like a sixty percent chance yeah. in a win in a given yeah. game instead of it being like a thirty percent. It's like okay, I'm sort of in on that, but like a, a save is even so is even more rare. And less dependent on less dependent on the actual quality because a starting pitcher actually controls whether or not he could yes. have the opportunity for a start. Whereas closer, yeah, oof, that's rough. I don't feel bad for you in the slightest, <laughs> but that's rough. Every time out as a starter, you have a chance at a win, right? And that's yeah. not true for saves. So I did, I did, I did note that other examples are starting pitchers facing each other in the sense that like. It is true that you have a 60% chance at a win in that game, but you, the chance that you get two wins out of two pitchers is zero. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah exactly. so it's kind of like, it's, it's interesting. So, but I just want to know these things, right? So in advance, like, oh, I'm forecasting what I should do strategically for next week. Should I be heavy streaming? Like, not if I'm to get wins, not if I'm going to have two pitchers heading, going against each other all the time. Like, it doesn't help me. Right. And to an extent, I'd also like pie in the sky. I mean, I'm just laying out my long-term vision. What about bats going against lefties? I mean, we know certain teams have more lefty pitchers. You'd want to watch out for, ideally, you'd know these things. This this is really a head-to-head 
conversation that we're having here. Yeah, Rona doesn't matter that much. But we haven't we haven't talked enough about head to head recently, in my opinion. Never do. I so so I have a goal, which is that I'd like to build a tool to try and answer these questions and forecast them. And my timeline is for fantasy playoffs. I think we're both going to make the play. <laughs> crossing my fingers. I think we're both going to make the playoffs in our home league. I'm doing my best to not make the playoffs right now, but I'm I'm going to try to pick it. I'm going to try to turn it around. And I'd love to have this going even earlier if I can prep it. Basically, try and try and roll this out for a couple weeks. And the tool that I've developed is leaning on a new scraping source that we haven't talked about before, which is a really nice CSV that 538 makes available that has the whole year's schedule in it. And it has these, um, what I would, what are 538 um, proprietary things in it, in the sense that, like, it has their team quality, it has their team quality metrics, it has their pitcher quality metrics, and then it records the score after the game. It's just a really easy to work with data set whereas we normally complain all the time about like i had to work really hard to get this into a pandas data frame this is like boom read the pandas data frame directly mm. from the url and it's updated constantly automatically so it's like okay this is great so what am i doing with this right now i just told you all the things that we could do with it like we we could look at their their team quality metrics and i'd like to eventually mix this in with your um, with your daily scraper that is grabbing sure. team yeah, quality. Sure, yeah, no, we ought to. And we should, you know, Absolutely. wisdom of the people mix multiple predictors against each other. They do stuff They do stuff with pitchers that I really like too. Um, okay, but that is to say, now I'm going to zero in on the run differential stuff that we talked about last week. And this is why it builds on what we talked about last week. I'm going to try and develop this the dumbest possible metric for strength of schedule, which is over the months of August and September, who's playing the teams with the most, with the highest run differential and the lowest run differential? So, bunch of caveats here because this is a this is inherently a snapshot today, right? So I, I'm saying, given everybody's run differential today and what I know the schedule to be in August, who looks like they're going to have the worst August or the best August? <laughs> um. And I think I think it's kind of fun, which is I looked at who's who's got the easiest and the hardest ske- August schedule, and I gave you a table here of the average run differential that a team plays during that month. So during the month of August. So the way that you'd read this is that the the team with the hardest schedule, Colorado, on average their opponents have a run differential of thirty three point eight. Well, they're tied with Detroit uh, during the month of August. That's I mean, that's pretty extreme, actually, if you think about it. That actually makes... And it actually makes total sense. Why? Because well, because Colorado and Detroit are terrible teams. <laughs> and they're, 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 the standings don't totally reflect that right now. True. And it's clearly because they've gotten a lot of their easy schedule out already. And they're going to have a really tough second half. Like Detroit... Detroit how have they won so many games so far? Oh, it's because they haven't actually played the hard part of their schedule yet. So the second half of the season is going to be rough. And then there, who was the team that I was... There's another team that I was like, Arizona. Arizona as well. It's like, okay, they're... How are they doing as well as they're doing? Oh, it's because, again, their back half of their schedule is going to be awful. Yeah. But this is looking... Wow. Jeez. 
what do can we can we bet on Baltimore for uh, winning the AL East? Because that's that looks good. I mean, th- there's interesting stuff here. So I highlighted some teams that I want to talk about, and I I do think we should try and keep this keep in mind the fantasy actionable information in this. But so the teams at the top that are playing hard schedules, I find less interesting than the teams that are playing <laughs> easy schedules. And I wanted to talk about Baltimore, who you highlighted, because they're already a top four, sort of by po- top five by power ranking team. And this indicates that in August, they're going to play the average run differential that they're going to face is, as of today, minus 23.6. That's, I mean, that's the fifth easiest schedule here. That's pretty good for them. Yeah. And look at this, St. Louis. St. Yep, I know. St. Louis is dead. <laughs> St. Louis is going to come back. They're going to come screaming into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. The one th- one thing that I found really interesting is that actually a major statistical outlier here, Seattle, by far the easiest. They must be playing the AL Central. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I think to me, to me this is something that's like I think this is actionable when we couple it to everything we talked about last week, which was this question of like what pitchers should you start against given teams. I mean, I'm looking at this and thinking like, well, I actually really want to get pitchers on teams that are facing low run differential teams or negative run differential teams. I want to prioritize, like if I'm trying to decide between a Seattle pitcher or a Detroit pitcher, which why would I be doing that? But in case I was, like, I obviously want the Seattle pitcher here for the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's right. You said it's all only August? This is only August. I mean, I can run it for anything. Would you like to see something else? No, I was going to tell you who, the, who Seattle's tell me. play. They end August against Oakland. Well, that helps. That's good. Um, they also have two series against Kansas City, a series against the White Sox. So you're... <laughs> So it is. It's nine games against the AL Central, yeah. so you were sort of right. They do have a series August 18th through 20th against Houston, which right now doesn't look as deadly as it could. Yeah. They're, but I think that they're going to they're gonna go from being just slight... They're going to win close games throughout the season. Yeah. Early August is Baltimore, San Diego, and... Los, Los Angeles and Boston. So early August is going to be potentially rough. The second half of August. This is the type of thing where the reason that I got motivated to do this is because I've always been too lazy to sit down and do the research that I would need to do to prepare for head-to-head fantasy playoffs, <laughs> which is like... Like you need to, I I should actually sit down and look at the guys on my team and think, are these guys going to be good during the fantasy playoffs or not? Oh right, right. And yeah, I or like should I be maneuvering some trade? I mean, I really like. I'm glad that I had the the closer week that I did last week because it makes it much less likely that I could have this happen again during the playoffs because this is a really bad. Right, thing you're not going to make. You're going to make sure that doesn't happen. But I've always been too lazy, and so that's when I started to think, like, this is exactly the type of problem that I should be automating. <laughs> I should be automating some sort of report that's telling me that's telling me in advance if I have any danger spots in my, in my lineup. 
Yeah, we really, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's a really, that's really smart. And so I said, I mean, I want this specifically for the playoffs. So I think, I guess my question is, I have two questions. One, what's actionable from this? And then two, even to improve the action, the actionability, what other indicators should we look at? I mean, would you, would you do anything from this list of, of teams? Um, you know, it's hard. There's, I don't think that this is anything that you should, you shouldn't just be like, okay, I'm going to trade for Kirby and Castillo right yeah. now because Seattle is going to be, but at the same time, if you're like, if you're making a trade and like someone's trying to offer you, um, Kirby or Ivaldi. Yeah. I, well, Ivaldi is a bad example because apparently Texas has a good, good schedule, but uh, Kirby or I don't know the second pitcher on San Diego right now. You might say, you know what, I'll go with Kirby. Well, it's, I think he's going to have a good end of the season and might might get a couple extra wins. So yeah, tiebreaker definitely. Yeah, but I think that you're right. Let's let's try to keep on keep this up so that it's actionable once we're in July. Yeah, I mean it definitely has to be. And so right, this is to say that this is going to turn into. It is also going to turn into a GitHub action that's tracking. I think I want to have it track the next whole fantasy week, or maybe you know chunked by fantasy weeks in some way. So I'd be like one week out, who has a strong schedule; two weeks out, who has a strong schedule, and then you know we can decide how to action. You have to decide how to action from that. So I'd basically produce one number for the upcoming week, one number for the following week, and then maybe a playoff one or something. I think that makes sense. I, mean, I kind of want to do that. I mean, I was looking at a couple of these teams are scary. I mean, I'm looking at the Mets up here are supposedly going to have a pretty hard schedule in August. Do you really want to have Mets at that point in time? Uh, no, but this is really... I think you said, you said I'm, you're more interested in the teams that have the negative run differential. I think that this is really helpful to know. Like, if you have a San Francisco Giant yeah. who's been overproducing, like, Get rid of them now. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not gonna look better, right? They have a hard August. Yeah. Angels, like, yeah, if you have angels that are um that are that are, that are in that range, like, yeah, get rid of them now. Who is the guy that we're trying to trade to the Angels? Josh Bell, if you see <laughs> once he gets to the Angels. You just get trashed. And then you and he has like a two week solid period because he's batting cleanup for the Angels or batting fifth for the Angels, like trade him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so while while I'm setting up the automatic scraper here, are there other things that I should look at, like home versus away is an easy split here? Do we care about batters, or is this all pitching? Oh, of course we care about batting. I, mean, I think we do care about batting as well. I, I think that this is, I feel like this is the slightly better predictor for pitching, following on our conversation from last week. Uh-huh. Than it is for batting. I mean, maybe I could because the question is, well, should I also produce like runs scored and runs allowed? You have to aggregate it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to aggregate it up pretty heavily, which we don't as much for pitchers, starting pitchers. Exactly. So, okay, I'll I'll try this. So, anyway, plan is to live track this on a daily basis. Set up another another GitHub action that will 
basically be something that we can refer to on a weekly basis when you're getting ready to do add drops or when you're going for trades. I just want to have I want to have some indicator of what to expect. I think that about brings us to the review session. Jose Miranda. Why? Because this is where people drafted him. So this is an interesting. This is an interesting. We one. would totally skip. We would skip Jose Miranda if he wasn't. Um, if it wasn't a twin. A twin. I was gonna say uh, the Lee Scoresby's cousin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so, I mean, the reason that we're making fun of this right now, in case you don't know, is that he's currently in AAA, <laughs> um, which is which is exactly where you did not want him to be if you if you drafted him. But the reason that he's in AAA, yeah, the reason that he's in AAA right now is because he's 24, and because so far this season in 35 games, <laughs> he had uh, he had a 220 average. He only hit three home runs. He only scored 12 runs. Uh, he had 13 RBIs. Uh, he stole zero bases. So he, they gave him a, a 35 game leash basically, and they tried him. It's interesting if you look at his lineup. They tried him a lot of different places in the lineup. Yeah. And so it wasn't. It wasn't like they didn't give him a shot. I mean, they pushed him all the way up to to two. He bats two, three, four, five. In, in the lineup, they tried him kind of everywhere, um, and he couldn't get going. And so they decided to send him down to triple A. Um, not on unf- maybe a tiny bit unfairly, I think. No, I think that it's well, I don't if there's like a mechanical thing that they're trying to work on with him down there, then I think that it makes sense if he's. If they just wanted to get him out of there, then I think that that's the wrong move. But the Twins usually... They had a pretty long leash with him. They usually have a pretty long leash, but people that go down to AAA typically don't come back up. Uh, well, unless unless there's going to be... In Minnesota. Well, that's true, unless there's going to be a rash of injuries, which you know the Buxton injuries have started. But, I mean, you look at his last year, right? He played 125 games. He hit... 268 during that um 15 home runs 66 rbis 45 runs he was batting a little lower in the lineup or kind of where he's at right now i mean i guess are they worried that he had a regression like his start to 2023 is a is a is definitely a regression on his 2022 but his hard hit is way down i think that's a big that's the biggest thing is slugging his hard hit, his exit velocity. Those are all down. He can only hit balls with sticky chase stuff. Rate is. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, his chase rate is is up as well. I mean, you make a good point in that. I think I think barring injury, it might be kind of surprising to see him come back up. Could he be trade bait for somebody? Why would someone want to trade? <laughs> I mean, who would want to trade? For well, him? his his production last year is was totally serviceable. Yeah, totally totally serviceable. But I mean, part of the reason that he had he, he had a good year last year was because 
just had a long leash because they were terrible. So when he, he'd have, and he sort of, if I recall, had a kind of up and down season because yeah. it wasn't consistent production. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I think his best his best shot is he tears it up in um, St. Paul this this year, and then he comes into camp, and then he gets his spot back. He pulls an Alec Bomb, really, because this is this is a story that Alec Bomb had, where it's like Alec Bomb came out of nowhere, not nowhere because he was known, but he was he. He came, he saw, he conquered, yeah. and then he got slapped back down to earth, and then it took him it took him a while to get back up. And then now this year It's good. He's good. This year he's good again. Last year he had a step. I mean that's I think that's what you want to see. So you you really think that we're not gonna see him again this year? Barring a huge injury, which forces him back up. Which doesn't seem right because they have like, and this is a very typical Rocco. Yeah. is that there's just like players play everywhere. Um, yeah, they they have two. <laughs> you look at every time I look at twins, you almost know that it's a twin because their eligibility is. I know, I know, and they're and, <laughs> and the thing is that they have they have all these guys right on the triple A cusp as well like yeah. they have so many guys like trevor larnark is just like sitting there the whole time right max kepler has been like they've just been like bouncing back and forth and i i mean moving moving the minor league the triple a team to the city next door has actually been really good for rocco and really bad for fantasy owners because they're just like oh, yeah just, they don't they'll just send them it doesn't matter anymore uh, okay i mean yeah this is well, and the whole team, almost all the team is players that don't have the, the they don't have any rights to to say no. Yeah, it's, it's all players. They the five or six guys who actually have contracts. What is it if they get outrighted? Is it? I can, I never remember what the term is when when you get sent to the minors and you can't be sent to the minors, or you put on waivers essentially. Yeah, I th- I think it's outrighted. I think because it's because 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 you can you can option somebody down and that's fine. Like well, I mean, and it, but there are a couple of players on that team where it's like you should be on the IL. You're actually you're not going down to you're not going down to St. Paul because you you got option to AAA. It's it's because you're hurt. Yeah, and you need to <laughs> recover. Come back and recover. It's like I don't. I just don't feel hurt. I'm not dead. But I mean, not not that I want to look at AAA uh, stats all that much. But he's he's really not doing that great in AAA. Not, <laughs> so he's he's not he's not lighting it up in AAA right now, which is unfortunate. What is this? He's only got one home yeah. run in AAA. That's death knell. That's not good. That's it. That's he had more. He had more home runs. In the MLB, in 22 fewer at bats than he has in. Uh, no, I mean I'm 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 convinced. All I had to do was look at that to realize he's not coming back, which is interesting. I mean, so if you drafted him, I mean obviously he was a obviously he was a backup. We're far enough into the season now that it's not far enough into our recording season now that you're not um, that this this there's no way that this could have been a first guy. 
so but i think we're i think we're in agreement to probably not at first base but i know that i had him third. sort of slated as like a if yeah third base starting third baseman or or your starting corner infielder yeah. Maybe, maybe. I mean, certainly in a TGFBI, right? So I guess if the if for some reason you're still holding him in TGFBI, we're saying oh. you can cut him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's no. If you're listening to this, if we put all of these reviews together, and this is the start of the 2024 season, and you're thinking maybe he's going to have a huge bounce back season early, I don't think. I don't think future Eric, you can you can come in and change recording, but I don't think that's no. This this is I mean this is relevant for us because we will stuff these together at the end of the season in preparation for twenty twenty four. You got to look at you got to look at Jose Miranda's triple A, and if it's not world beating from (laughs) this date thirteenth of June forward, then he's he's not he's not going to be meaningful next year, and that's. That's really disappointing. I mean, I just, I don't know. I wanted, I really wanted him to be a thing. Like, not only for the Twins, because I thought that he could take a positive step forward next year with nice first third eligibility be an option. He's a fun player. Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you're talking about. But his defense, he's not, his defense needs some work. Is he a minus defender? I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was switching between first and third on a not very good Twins team, so. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. No, but I think that Alec Baum is probably the comp that a, you're, he's like a a junior, late version. It's a good comp. I th- that's a totally fair comp, yeah. Who are we doing next week? Jake Cronenworth. And for a little housekeeping, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah!